With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Superchargers, headlights, and more with over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It's got great odds and markets for MLB, PGA Tour, tennis, football futures so much more. It's America's number one sports book. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast, which I know matters to everybody. It's fun to combine multiple bets for the same game into a same game parlay and can discover the most popular SGPs each day right when you log in. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Boxing fans know that I make my picks with FanDuel every single week. And I've been hot lately. I've been very hot. So stick with FanDuel. Stick with me. We'll get you some winners. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so they know that I sent you. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, welcome back. Boxing with Chris Mannix. And this week, I have finally tracked down a guy I've been chasing for the last few weeks. The uh, former two-division world champion, ESPN boxing analyst, Timothy Bradley, who's joining me here uh, on the show. What's up, Tim? Hey, what's going on, Chris? You've been trying to track me down for two weeks, Chris. I know. I've been busy, man. It's summertime. Summertime. Summer. <laughs> boxing never stops. You remember, Tim, back in, like, your fighting days, like, boxing used to stop in the summertime. Like, they didn't want to put on fights in the summertime. Now it's like we're loaded up week after week in the summertime. I, li- I like it. I like it a lot. It just it shows you what state of where boxing is and what state it is right now. And I think it's been the best in the last right now. It's probably the best in the last 20 years that I've been a part of boxing, man. Um, lots of top, top talent out there. Uh, again, you have so many different entities. You got the promoters, you have different fighters, different networks. It's a competition going on, my man. <laughs> That's what's going down. No question. No question. Uh, big event though. This past weekend, the 140-pound division, that used to be your division. Uh, Ryan Garcia uh, makes his debut at Staples Center and knocks out Javier Fortuna. Now, Fortuna has been beaten before in his career. He had never been beaten, Tim, quite like Ryan Garcia beat him down. Knocked him down three times, body shots, couple of head shots, picks up his 19th 
professional knockout and really kind of erases the memory of what was kind of a ho-hum performance against Emmanuel Tego just three months earlier. What did you think of Ryan Garcia's performance and his debut at 140 pounds? Outstanding performance. And that's what you want to see with a young guy like Ryan Garcia. Uh, that, you know, I don't think he's been treated unfairly in the media, but he is he is reflected on as a social media darling, you know, and, and a lot of people, they, they, they look at that and they don't think he's focused and he's not a real fighter. But, you know, when he gets in that ring, he takes care of business. Um, Fortuna is a is a tough challenger. I mean. Fortuna went the distance with a guy like Jojo Diaz, um, who's a formidable, uh, you know, contender. Um, and Ryan, he made it look easy, man. He made it look easy. And you can see the speed and the punching power of Ryan Garcia really getting to Fortuna early. And it really frustrated him. And it almost took the air out of him. You know, when I when I was watching the fight, I was looking at his his body language. He didn't want to be in the ring with him, man. He 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 figured that he was overpowered. Uh, he felt like he couldn't do anything against uh, Garcia, and Garcia showed a ton of improvement, man. He really did. I think Goose is doing a good job with him, and and guiding him. You know, I saw an improved jab. Uh, I saw you know his right hand up. You know, uh, I was expecting Fortuna to be able to try to land that looping left hand, and he wasn't able to land it. Um, you know few things that he needs to work on but for the most part I think you know his right hand was pretty pretty solid too thought he had a really good right hand uh and he wasn't he wasn't falling in after throwing his right hand he was throwing it right from the shoulder it was quick it was fast it was accurate right down the middle and that's what you want to see from a, a fighter of Garcia's class man you want to see improvements yeah Joe Goosen had talked to me during the week about how Ryan uses that lead right hand almost like a jab at times because it's so fast and it's so powerful. And he knew that was going to be a big weapon against Fortuna uh, in this fight. I also think like Ryan, you know, people kind of poo-pooed his injury a little bit, but he had a legitimate right hand injury that required surgery. He came back and fought, what was it, five months after that surgery. So like when he says he was a little leery about using it against Emmanuel Tego, I, I believe that, you know, because... He was still, you know, trying to get comfortable using a, a, a hand that had been surgically repaired. He looked completely comfortable in this fight, throwing everything. He looked like, you know, beyond the improvements, he looked fully healthy for the first time in a while. And he was throwing some big shots. And I agree with you. Like, Fortuna, he and his team came into that fight knowing they probably had three rounds to win. Like, Fortuna was not in the greatest of shape. He actually weighed in on fight night at 157. So we went up like 18 pounds. Um in between Friday and Saturday. So he, he wasn't in great shape. So they knew he had three rounds to do it. But you could tell early on that he wasn't like looking to throw because he knew if he exchanged, something big was coming back at him. So he, he wasn't letting loose his hands like I thought he would. He did try to throw that same sweeping left hook. We talked about that on air, the, the Luke Campbell shot that put Ryan down a year and a half ago. But like to your point, Ryan looked like he learned a little bit. He kept that right hand up. And blocked it a couple of times. And that, to me, shows a fighter that is still very much improving. Growth. That's what it shows. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't know he weighed, Fortuna weighed that much. Uh, man, I, I, I mean, that goes to show you the reason why his body language was the way it was. I mean, the speed and the power, of course. But, you know, the guy didn't show up. He showed up for basically a paycheck. 
Um, but let's take nothing away from Ryan Garcia. He did his job in there, man, and he made it look easy. He made it look easy. And and that's the thing. That's what that's how you know when someone's different, man. You know, when they make it look easy and effortless. You know, the top guys in the world make it look that like that way. Mayweather made it look that way. You know, Andre Ward would make it look that way. And, you know, there's something special about Ryan Garcia. There really is, man. Um, I can't put my finger on it, honestly. It could be the speed. It could be the power. But, you know, at 140 pounds, he's a big, he's a big 140 pounder. Um, he's not squeezing down to 135. So he's not draining his body. He looked to have like he looked like he had more speed. He was more comfortable at 140 pounds. Um, I don't think he'll settle there at 140, but I think he, you know, for some time at 140, I think he'll do all right, man. I think he'll do, I think he'll do some big things at 140, man. Um, looking at the landscape right now and just going through some of the top 10, I think Ryan can give a lot of these guys a lot of problem because of that hand speed, quickness, and and ring IQ. Yeah, and he rehydrated Tim to 148 pounds, which tells me that 140 is a comfortable weight. Like, you yes. tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like if you get within 10 pounds of your weigh-in on a rehydration, you're probably good. Like, that's a healthy way to to kind of rehydrate. That's not going up way too much at that point. So I think he's comfortable and good at 140. He wants Tank Davis. He's been very clear about that. And even as we record this, is still tweeting and, and doing whatever he does to try to get Tank Davis to uh, agree to face him. If you were part of Team Garcia, if you were Joe Goose and his trainer or Lupe Valencia, his manager, and Ryan said to you, I'm ready to fight Tank Davis, what would you say to Ryan Garcia? Well, let me put the, let me put the, the business hat on. Mm. Business hat on. Hell no. <laughs> I would not put my investment in the ring against a puncher like Javante Davis, no matter how bad he wants. I mean, you can't pay me enough money to put me in the ring against Javante Davis with my guy, Ryan Garcia. I mean, you can see Ryan is a he, – he can be a household name real soon. Real soon. This guy, he can sell out arenas just as well as a Tank Davis. But I think it's a little bit too soon. A little bit too premature. I don't think he's ready just yet. Um, Tank Davis is a season. He's a season. I don't want to say veteran, but he's a season pro now. You know, he's 26, 27 years old. He's fighting at full capacity right now. He's right in his prime. You want to keep this young gun away from him for a little bit. A few more. I would say a few more. About a year or two. You want to keep him away. Let him continue to grow and, and, and get and get and get fed the right things with Goosen. And just record his pr progression over time. And once you see that he's ready, then make that leap. But me being a businessman, I wouldn't do that right away. Now, fighter, fighter, hell yeah. <laughs> me being a fighter, hell yeah, let's do it. You know, there's something obviously that he sees that he can take advantage of with, the, uh, with, with Tank Davis. Okay, there's obviously something he can see. He sees. Um. From a fan standpoint, hell yeah. Put that pressure on Javante Davis. Why not? You know, because it's a it's a fight fans fight. We want to see, you know, the two best guys near their prime and one in their prime and one that's not in their prime and fight at the highest level. We want to see them go head to head. A lot of times we let these fights mature too damn long. You know, 
too long. You got Terrence. We still waiting on Terrence Crawford, Earl Spence. This should have happened two years ago. We still waiting on it. So why not see who the best is now? And if it's a great enough fight, a good enough fight, they can run it back again. Run it back again. You know, they can have a trilogy if each of them uh, win a fight. Why Why the hell not? I, I couldn't agree more with the fighter. I disagree with Tim Bradley, the manager, because, look, a lot of fighters, yourself included, see something special in Tank Davis. I don't. Not yet. I, I see a guy that has been consistently put in with carefully curated opponents. Really since 2017, when Pedra- when he beat Jose Pedraza, which was the best win on his resume, basically okay. everyone there has been carefully curated. His recent fights, he moves up to 140 pounds, and he fights Mario Barrios. Good fighter. Probably should have already had a loss on his resume um, when he fought for that secondary title a year before then. Goes down to 135. Raleigh Romero talks a good game, but has zero resume. Also should have had a loss to Jackson Marinez in a previous fight. Like, Tank's being put in with guys that largely have no chance of beating him. And one almost did. Isak Cruz almost did. Now, all of a sudden, Isak Cruz is being portrayed as like this, you know, this boogeyman in the 135-pound division. Look, I think Tank has power. I think he fights incredibly intelligently in the ring. Um, You know, you could see against Romero, he was baiting him repeatedly. And eventually, Roley leaped in and got caught with a big shot. And it was lights out for Roley Romero. Tank Davis has never fought anyone as dangerous as Ryan Garcia. He has not fought anyone with the physical tools of Ryan Garcia. You can argue, certainly, and it would be true, that Ryan Garcia has never fought anyone with the tools of Tank Davis, certainly anyone with the power of Tank Davis. But Ryan Garcia, in the last year and a half, has knocked out Luke Campbell, and he's knocked out Javier Fortuna. That ain't nothing. Those are good, medium-level, B-level wins. Look, I don't know if I'd make Ryan Garcia a favorite, in that fight against Tank Davis, but to me it's 50-50. And the guy, first guy that lands the big shot wins. And Tim, you're just nobody's ever going to convince me that Ryan can't land that big shot first. Like, like Tank's the smaller fighter. Ryan's great at fighting smaller fighters. He keeps him at a distance and lands that quick check hook. Everybody's going out at that, not just Tank Davis. Oh man, <laughs> come on now. Oh, you going off a resume? Come on, man. You need Is to it, go that's off all we your got? Eyes. No, you got to go off your eyes, man. I'm talking about your educated eyes, brother. You got to understand that Tank Davis, he likes these guys big. He likes these guys tall. He don't have a problem with guys that's taller than him. What he does have a problem with is guys that are short as him and shorter than him. Because he's so used to being the smaller guy in the ring. I believe that Garcia is tailor-made for a guy like Tank. Tailor-made for him. And Garcia, the, the problem with Garcia is sometimes he can get a little bit beside himself. Sometimes he can be a little bit, he can take too many risks inside the ring. You know, I see it. And sometimes he stand. well, a lot of times he stand up pretty straight. His yep. knees, he don't ever damn bend his knees. And he's always looking to pull back. And that's one thing you can't do against Tank Davis, pull back. You know, Tank will dig down to that body, slowly bring that kid close to him and slowly slow that kid down. And he will catch him with something over the top, something straight, something he doesn't see. With speed and power and accuracy that Tank has, 
in the experience that he has, regardless, I, I, you, we talk about resume. Okay, I get it. Pedraza, going back. All right, that's the, the so I would say that's his really only title win right there was against Pedraza. But Pedraza was an Olympian. Pedraza at the time was undefeated. Great and win. he stopped him. And he stopped him. Okay. The other belts you want to talk about, okay, those are regional titles, whatever you want to call it, that's fine. But how he beats these guys is what you got to look at. It's not who you fighting all the time. Sometimes it's how you beat them, how you break them down, how you how you fight inside the ring. That's what I'm looking at. And what Tank does and the way he breaks these guys down and the way he gets rid of these guys and he sets them up, <laughs> I'm telling you, that dude is a bad boy. He's a dangerous guy, and he's a very, very dangerous guy for Ryan Garcia. He, will, I think he will end his career. If he knocks Brian Garcia out, you don't, you don't, Mac, <laughs> Chris, Matic, you don't want to ruin a guy like Garcia, man. You know, this guy could be, this, this kid can be a superstar, not just a star, a superstar and transcend boxing at the right time. You don't want to take that risk against Tank Davis, man. That only needs one punch. One. That's it. And it's night night. Okay. But that's my hey, that's my opinion. That's my assessment, man. I got Tank Davis all day. And if that fight does happen, I'll gladly take some of your money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. All bets are in. When that fight happens, if that fight happens, we'll throw some money on the table there. But let me ask you this then, Tim. If you're Tank Davis, aren't you going to Leonard Ellerby and Al Heyman and saying, get that kid in the ring with me? Because Eddie Hearn said this this week, and Eddie Hearn has no affiliation with Tank or with Ryan. He goes, that fight, both fighters make a fortune. That is a six hundred to 800000 pay-per-view buy in the U.S. type of fight. If you're Tank, aren't you saying to your uh, the people that you work with, let's go, make it happen, because that's a, an easy payday for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, this kid, this kid Garcia, has, has been extremely disrespectful to Tank. Uh, I think from a just a, a fighter standpoint, we don't like when guys start bashing us in the media, man, and really calling us out by our name and saying we're scared. And, you know, you got to do something about that, man. When somebody calls your card, man, especially a young guy like Garcia that you know all you got to do is land one shot on that chin and it's lights out, come on, man. You got to be asking for this fight. You know, Tank, I, I want Tank to take this fight. You know, and he should be he should be talking to Leonard Ellaby and all his whole entire team to make this fight happen. He really should, as you said. Yeah, I think it's a a unbelievable fight at 140 pounds. And I mean, even if it is at 140, Tim, like that's something Tank should take. Like if he, you know, 140 doesn't affect Ryan's chin. Like he's still going to be there to get caught. He's still going to have the same flaws that he might have at 140. And you know, you, you talked about kind of. Um, you know, doing it down the line. Like, Ryan's going to keep growing. Like, he's 23. He's probably going to be at 147 within the next two years. And Tank probably isn't going that high. Tank doesn't have a lot of in-house options right now with PBC. He has got to be out there, or at least internally, telling his people, go sit down with Golden Boy. Go sit down, you know, Showtime and DAZN. Go sit down and hammer this thing out. Let's make this happen because I'm going to get rich doing this. That's a $10 million gate. That's a 500,000-plus pay-per-view. That is, And that's a guy, a popular guy, that I can knock out. That's a king-making performance, in a way, 
uh, for me against Ryan Garcia. That, that's kind of what I want to see. Like, we can disagree on who wins, and we will, obviously, and I'm going to get rich off you, but I am going to, I'm just of the belief that Tank's got to go out there and push hard for this fight, publicly and privately. It's the second biggest fight in boxing right now. I I would think that Spence Crawford is number one, and we can argue that, but it's the second biggest fight, I believe, in boxing that could be made with two fighters right now. Um, both these guys are big draws. And when I say big draws, I'm saying in today's market, people, in today's market, you know, with all the with all the you know, the still in the cable feed and all this stuff man going on now on the internet, man. It's tough really to sell pay-per-views. But I believe that these two guys, if they got in the ring, whoo, man, I think they'll do well. Like you said, five hundred to eight hundred thousand pay-per-view buys, no doubt about it. Um and you know, as you said, as you said about Tank, I believe that Tank would take this fight, but I don't think his handlers would, man, want to take this fight because you got to understand, rather, it doesn't matter who takes fights. You know, it's a business for them. To me, it's a business for them. That's that. That's the way they look. That's the way they make it seem because, you know, he fought Cruz. Okay. All right. Cruz was a fill in. He fought Cruz. He beat Cruz. Then he, and then, uh, just recently, who did he fight? Who did he fight next? Who did he fight after Cruz? Oh, uh, yeah. Raleigh Romero. Rolly Romero. Who who the hell is Rolly Romero? Romero ain't done anything. Okay? He ain't do anything. But he still was able to sell. Okay? He you could put him in there with a cab driver. Tank is gonna sell. People just want to be entertained. They want to see him knock out a guy. That's it. You know, he's a big sell. He's a big draw. So his people know that. So they feeling like, hey, we ain't gotta go running after Garcia. We ain't gotta go running after this guy. They ain't gotta go run after this guy. We could put Tank in the ring with whoever we want, and he's still gonna sell, and he's still, and we still gonna make money. So that's the way they look at the business. That ain't the way I view it, but that's the way they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. And Tank did a what a four and a half million dollar gate at Barclays Center for Raleigh Romero. That is a big number to do at the live gate against an opponent like Romero, and he consistently has drawn big crowds. In L.A., New York, uh, D.C. area, Baltimore, Atlanta. Like, he's a draw all across the country. Yeah. But, if you're, but if you're Tank, you need, at some point, you're going to be 28 years old by the time you step in the ring again. Like, at some point, you've got to face somebody. Like, you do. If you, at least if you want to respect him. If you want, if you want people like me to, to shut my mouth and stop saying that you're unproven, you got to prove yourself. I don't, it, you can't have it both ways if you're going to keep taking these lower-tier fights. Well, if you're if you're if you're saying that you're the number one guy in the division, if you're saying it, if Tank is saying it, then that's a problem. Then that's a problem because if you're not willing to face the best guys out there, then you can't run around and say that you're the best guy. You know, and that's just it. Um, I mean, even guys like yourself, I understand what you're saying by fighting better competition. I mean, it's a sport. At the end of the day, I understand it's a business too. But in order for you to be great in the sport and recognize as a Hall of Fame type of fighter, you have to fight these fights, the best guys out there, and you have to beat them. And you have to continually do that over and over and over to be considered pound for pound, to be considered uh, a household name, to be considered a Hall of Fame fighter. And if Tank doesn't want to, if Tank people don't want to do it, then so be it. I mean, Tank, he'll make a, a ton of money, but trust me, he won't be mentioned in the Hall of Fame. 
at all. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, let me ask you one question about Teofimo Lopez, who's going to be back on ESPN August 13th. Uh, his first fight since losing his 135-pound titles to George Cambosis uh, late last year. His debut, Tim, at 140. How confident are you that Teofimo is going to be able to kind of regain the momentum he had at 135 and become, again, one of the top guys at 140? Man, you know what? It's up to him, honestly. It, it re it's really up to him. I, I, you know, I don't put a whole lot of confidence in stocking a whole lot of guys unless I know that they're, you know, really working hard and, and, and dedicated and focused. And I know this kid, he works extremely hard, but there's a lot of outside distractions, a lot of things that the young man is going through, uh, personal, on a personal note. Um, and if his head is right, he's a problem. If his head is right, th this kid is a problem. He has speed. He has those fast twitchy muscles. Uh, you know, that, that he can just, I mean, one right hand, it can turn your lights out. One left hook can turn your lights out. And, you know, he's a fun guy to have in boxing. He's one of those guys that, you know, we need in the sport, man. You know, clean cut. You know, he's great in the media. A uh, lot of attention, a lot of antics after he wins, after he knocks out a guy inside the ring. He's very attractive, man. He has that it about him. So, Going up to 140, new weight class, which is good. He can get out of 135. Now he can kind of race those demons. 140, he got to start all over. This is the rebuilding process. You know, like I said on Max on Boxing, man, it, it's, it's no longer the takeover. It's the makeover. You know, he got to change some things. He got to continue to grow and get better. And he got to show that he's a true champion. That's what it's all about. Sometimes it's not just all about winning, man. It's, it's about how you come back from a loss, man. That's what makes that's what makes a fighter, in my opinion. How you come back from a loss because we can't. Everybody can't be Mayweather. Everybody can't be Andre Ward or Joe Kanzagi, bro. <laughs> you know we gonna suffer some bumps along the road, but when we pick ourselves up, bro, it's how it's how we pick ourselves up and what we do with that. So um, I'm expecting him to kick the hell out of uh, Kappa a capo or whoever his name is. I'm expecting him to beat him up uh, and knock him the hell out. Uh, he's a guy that just comes straight forward, uh, a guy that likes to mix up the action, and I think he'd be perfect tailor-made for a guy like Tiffimo Lopez to look good, shine, regain some confidence and some momentum, some momentum back in the sport at 140 pounds. Yeah, I agree. It's the right comeback fight for him and I agree with you as well. Like, it's more mental with Tiffimo than it is physical. I mean, he went into that yeah. I mean, I was part of that broadcast for the zone with Teofimo fucking Cambosis. And you could tell all fight week that something was just a little bit off in Teofimo. He made the weight, but he did it without the folks of perfecting athletes who had been so good for him over the last couple yeah. of years. So it just looked like he squeezed down to 135. And then he believed he was just going to steamroll Cambosis. He thought he was going to one-punch him into the ground and didn't do it. I think that cost him later in the fight when he um, you know, had a chance when he had... Uh, Cambosis down to maybe flurry a little bit, you know, find a way to get a stoppage that way. Instead, he continued to look for that one-punch knock. I don't think he'll have that same attitude as he moved into this new phase of his career. I'm pretty confident that he's going to be a high-level guy at 140. Unfortunately for Teofimo, top rank largely controls 140. You know, outside of Ryan Garcia, they've got most of the top guys in that division, including Jose Ramirez, that would be a terrific fight. Who knows what happens with Jack Catterall? How long he start with? Uh, sorry, Josh Taylor. How long he stays at 140? There are massive fights for Teofimo. Pay pay per view level fights 
for him in the next year and beyond. So I think there's there's a lot to look forward to for Teofimo. Last thing for last thing for you, um, the WBO once again ordered Demetrius Andrade uh, to face Janabek, the interim title holder at 160. Um, look, Janabek just body slammed Danny Dignam in that fight on ESPN a few months ago. And look, I heard Buddy McGirt, Nagus Kalimus, all these guys say he's like the best thing since sliced bread. He's a great middleweight, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> it, it's fine. Look, he's fine. But like, I, I get it. He, he beat up Danny Dignam. All right, let's, let's all, context is key in this one. Um, it, I, I don't know what Andrade's going to do. He's outside of the matchroom universe right now. He has nothing set up, 168 pounds. You've seen Janabek fight. Um, should Andrade take that fight? Like, you know Demetrius Andrade. You know what you see from Janabek. What do you think of a Janabek-Andrade fight should it come together? You know what? Demetrius is in a is in a – he's in a hard spot, man. You know, you could be – sometimes you could be just too good and you don't get the opportunities that a lot of these other guys get. Um, and we can say markability. We can say that to a certain point, but – Andreas has been a champion for some time now, man. He's Three been years. a reigning champion at one before. Yeah, for some time. Um, and it's really hard for him to get in the ring with a, a really another guy like himself. You know, I would have loved to see him fight against Charlo and 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 uh, Triple G. You know, these guys never it never came to it never came to fruition at all. Like I, I don't understand why why didn't these fights happen? It should have happened. You know, um, but fighting a guy like Janabek right now at this point in his career, he has no other option. I mean, what else is out there for him? To be honest with you, he got a guy, uh, better, uh, Benavidez, that's 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 willing to face anybody. He can fight him, um, and that's a. I think that's a really good name. Um, who else can he fight at 168? Um, he could fight. That's Zach, a good name. Uh, uh, Zach Taylor, right at 168, who was. Uh, gonna he was gonna fight for the interim title uh, before he got that shoulder injury, but it's not like right now Canelo controls that landscape, and you know yeah. Benavidez is there, Charlo yeah, but, is there. But the the hardest thing is is that once you get to that certain level, man, and when you're reigning at the top, it's it's hard to look backwards. And I'm not saying that Janabek is a backward step, but what I am saying is is that that he's at a certain level and he's trying to get to your level, hmm. and. He's dangerous. It's almost like if Crawford and Spence was decided to fight against a guy like Boots Ennis right now at this point in their career. You know, it's just like, yes, it'd be a hell of a fight, but, like, it's too risky. Uh, I think a guy like Janabek is risky, man. He's a risky fight for anybody at 160 pounds. Um, and if Booboo was to come back down to face that, that's tough, man. It's hard to go up to 168 and then drop back down to 160 for a title fight, man. I, it's not it's not worth it in my opinion, mm. bro. I, I, I would leave that alone. I, I would let that belt go, and I would I would make my way to 168 where I'm comfortable, and I'll try to get a title there. I just feel like, Tim, the belt is his only currency, and it, it's, it hasn't done a lot for him in the last three years. Undefeated record. I mean, undefeated yeah, you know, he's got he's got an undefeated, undefeated record. You're right. That's another one. He's got that's two forms of currency, I guess, that he has. Uh, but he's had that for a couple of years, too, plus a, load, a lot of money behind him with Eddie Hearn. And he's still not be able to get uh, a big fight. I'd like to see fight. Look, I think he beats Janabek because I think Android's special. And even at this stage of his career, I think he's a real high level talent who 
I, you know, it just, I don't think Janabek's ready for him, quite frankly, not in the pro ranks. He's not going to land the kind of shots he landed on Danny Dignam on Demetrius Andrade. He's just not. And Andrade hits a lot harder than people give him credit for. All the guys he's fought, almost all of them have gone down at some point. Jason Quigley was destroyed in a couple of rounds in that fight. I mean, he can hurt you. Yeah. And I think he'd do that to, to Janabek. I, I'd just like to see him hold on to his title for one more year and then see what happens at 160. See if he can make Munguia happen. See if he can make a Charlo fight happen. Give it one more year at 160 while Canelo's sorting out what he's going to sort out and then move, make the move to 168. Hey, I, I, I think he'll be all right. Whatever he, whatever he chooses to do, I think he'll be all right. Just like you said, he does have a ton of skill. I'm just saying that the Janabek fight, two southpaws, it's a difficult fight, man. I, I think it's a difficult fight for both. Uh, I'm not saying that Janabek can beat him, uh, and I'm not saying that he can beat Janabek. I mean, I got to look at film on that, but mm -hmm. I can just tell you this, just both, both knowing both styles and what they bring to the table, man, I, I, I think <laughs> I think it's too risky, man. I will leave that belt there, and I will go I will go up, and I will try to face a bigger, a bigger batter opponent. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that argument, no question. Uh, Tim Bradley, former two-division world champion, ESPN boxing analyst. Good to talk to you, man. And uh, make, sure you, uh, make sure you tell your family, like, you might be a little lighter in the wallet later in the year if Ryan Garcia fights Tank Davis because I'm going to come for your paycheck, my friend. I'm coming listen for that me. check. Listen to me. Aren't you, I, I, aren't you the same guy that went for uh... – Saran Vasai over uh That's that's over, yeah, uh, that's possible. <laughs> I know. Here's no Hold on. Hold on. Man, Tim. I almost slapped you when I heard that. I said, <laughs> man, if I had if I had some way to get to him and slap him beside the head right now. Oh my right. god. Fact, let me I'll, hold on. Hold on. Fact check. Fact check here. I bet the odds, right? There was 7 to 1 against Sorung Vasai winning by knockout. So I bet the odds on that one. I think I thought Bam was the better okay. fighter, but I like those odds. Uh, all right, you bet the odds. All right, all right. I, I thought you were strong on the fact that Saran Vasai was gonna knock this kid out because I think I heard you said something about he was gonna he was gonna stop him late. He was gonna get to him and he was I gonna did. stop him late. I thought yeah. that. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> that and was I'm wishing with my right wallet. Now, if Ryan Garcia, I'm telling you right now, if Ryan Garcia fights Tank Davis, he's going to sleep before six rounds. <laughs> Put your money on it. I'm gonna put. Hey, I, I always put, always put my money where my mouth is, Tim. Always. All right, baby. All right, baby. No doubt. <laughs> Good to but talk Chris, to you, Tim. No doubt. Thank you, bro. I appreciate your time. When we come back, my conversation with Adam Kavnoski. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car, and that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fight fans, come out swinging with a no-sweat first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get up to $1,000 back in free bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with the promo code BOXING. Bet on who will win, knockouts, when the fight will end, and so much more. So if you haven't tried FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. Join now with the promo code BOXING to get a no-sweat first bet. That's up to $1,000 back in free bets if your first bet doesn't win. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Adam Kovnowski is a heavyweight contender. On July 30th, he will attempt to end a two-fight losing streak when he returns to the ring against Ali Aaron Demirazin. That fight can be seen on Showtime on the undercard of Danny Garcia's upcoming show at 154. And Adam joins me here on the show. So Adam, after the loss to Hellenius last year, did you think about retiring? Uh, no, uh, I had a, my wife was due a week later, so I was in uh, the birth from giving birth to my second child. <laughs> and uh, I didn't really have time to think about uh, retirement. But uh, obviously after the baby was born, all healthy and stuff, um, made a huge move and I moved to Miami. And uh, that he, you know, built a fire up, uh, up in me. So to get back in there, and uh, now I'm back. You know, I can't wait to be back in the ring on July 30th. What was the harder loss to get past? The first loss to Hellenius or the more recent one? Oh, sucked. I mean, the first one was kind of tough because I thought I was winning it. He just caught me with a good right hand coming in. And I was able, wasn't able to recover. And the second one, he broke my eye socket uh, or a bone in the first round. So I, was, I couldn't see from the first round on. So it was, it was really tough. But uh, both losses were, were uh, definitely uh, heartbreaking. And uh, definitely, um, I would, you know, uh, like, you know, so both sucked. <laughs> definitely wouldn't want to go to that. How is your, your eye now? It's good. Uh, I've been through multiple, like, uh, consultations with, with doctors. It's fine. Luckily, the retina was, was not detached, so I was lucky with, with that. I'm a fast healer, so it healed up quick. Uh, I've been sparring already. Um, no issues, so uh, can't wait to be back in the ring. You've said that the Hellenius fights happened during a complicated time in your life. What did you mean by that? Probably my personal life, the best thing that could happen to me. You know, I had uh, one one child was born, and uh, the second one, my wife was due 
any day of the week, you know, when uh, I'm standing second fight. So, um, I mean, um, it was great moments for me personally, but learning how to separate my career from my personal life was very tough. I didn't know how to manage it at that time in my life, you know. Uh, so it was definitely a learning experience on how to manage it now. You know, now they're uh, away in Poland. So I'm just focusing on boxing right now. There is no running around playing with the kids, which I miss a lot. But uh, you got to make sacrifices, you know. Uh, I'm on a mission to become the first Polish-born heavyweight champion of the world. And uh, you got to make some sacrifices. So uh, luckily, they, they know that. I mean, the kids are having the time of their life in Poland. So it's, uh, it's, it's not the worst, you know. What's your confidence as a boxer like right now? It's good. I mean, sparring is going real, real well. So uh, conditioning is there. I mean, uh, training in Miami is, is definitely was a good change of scenery. Being back in New York right now, training with, with my old team, getting some fresh you know, uh, energy. It's, it's been good. Uh, sparring is going, it's going real well. Uh, did uh, eight rounds on Monday, six today. So I feel amazing. And I can't wait to uh, showcase myself on July 30th. Will will there be any adjustments? Like, will you fight any differently after those two losses? Uh, footwork, I mean, and the double jab. I mean, we've been working almost nonstop on those two aspects of my game to make sure I don't get lazy and I double jab. Once you do those two things, it's a totally uh, game changer in my game, I feel. And I'm going to show on July 30th. Do you worry at all about your chin at this point after after losing like that? Um, one second fight, he didn't really drop me. I mean, I it was uh, TKO, but uh, it came off for me actually, you know, uh, not being able to see him hitting him in a place where I wasn't able to hit him. But uh, I mean, so I wasn't really hurt in the first fight. He just broke my bone, you know. So uh, obviously, and sparring wise, I'm not really feeling the effects. So I think it's more of a question journalists have to see how I will be able to recoup after two losses. And I think uh, it will show my uh, character, you know, uh, that uh, what are, what am I book of, you know? And I think uh, I'll be able to, you know, do good. How do you think, I mean, you're right, like people are going to wonder, how will Adam bounce back after those two losses? How do you feel like you're going to bounce back? Good, I mean, I'm sparring, no issues. I haven't been... Uh, I guess we have to tune in July 30th and see, you know, I mean, uh, definitely like deep in my mind, like that question comes to my mind too. Like, will it be different? Will I be able to stand there and suck a pop like I did in the past? Or will I have to change the game up and be more of a boxer? Which I, I could do when my trainers are on me all the time saying, yo, Adam, why don't you use your athletic ability? And uh, that's something I got to get back on. And uh, I think once I do it, people are going to be truly amazed to see uh, what I'm really capable of especially making it like a last run to become a world champion. You know, um, it's like the last chapter of my boxing book, and hopefully we can win it, win it with, uh, end it with a belt around my waist. So you think we'll see a little bit of a difference there, maybe more of the athleticism you're talking about in this fight? Because what, you know, it, it you were, you have been and always, always have been really entertaining, you know, because you're out there willing to, to go to war. Your fight against Chris Ariola, some of the fights before that, they have been, incredibly entertaining. What kind of Adam will we see out there? Uh, we got to see I'm more composed and I'm, I'm more of a boxer, you know, uh, definitely uh, there's levels to this game and 
being a tough guy just gets you so far, which got me pretty pretty far, you know. But uh, it I did. World, <laughs> yeah, I want to be a world champion, so uh, definitely I gotta switch it up a little bit and uh, bring something new to the game. What did your family say after that last loss? I mean, like you said, you just had a young child. Um, you've got a great family, obviously. What did they say about your career after that loss? What do they want to do? I mean, it's, it was my decision. Like, well, I don't know. It's a good choice. I mean, sleep on a couple of nights and, you know, make a decision. I mean, so we, uh, so it's my goal, you know. I mean, uh, I started this 15 years, well, 18 years ago already, uh, as a 15 year old uh, doing the New York Golden Gloves and uh, winning that, that, you know. Uh, so uh, uh, I'll be the first Polish born heavyweight champion of the world. And I think I'll be able to accomplish it, you know. And uh, I just got to, Stay focused, make some sacrifices, like not being there with my kids over the summer. And uh, definitely uh, just keep getting those wins. If I keep winning, I'm definitely going to get a hell of a shot. As hard as it was, I'm sure, to be away from your family, do you think that's helped you in your preparations for this fight? Yeah, I mean, uh, 100%. I mean, I'm able to recover better between our training sessions. So, I mean, uh, it's hard saying no to your kid, you know. <laughs> your dad, I dad, let's play, and you pick him up. and It's a lot. It's, it's definitely a lot. But luckily, you know, um, we have family in Poland, so my wife is uh, able to enjoy her time there. And uh, they live on a farm, so he, my son sees, like, all the cows, the chickens, the fish, all the animals. So he's having a blast. So, like, it's really kind of like the best of both worlds. But uh, it sucks. Like, I, don't get, I don't get to spend the time with him. So I can't wait to uh, get that win July 30th and uh, fly back to Poland and spend some time with them. Do you believe, you mentioned you want to be the first Polish heavyweight champion. Do you believe that right now you have the ability to beat an Anthony Joshua or an Alexander Usyk or a Tyson Fury? Uh, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think so. I mean, I mean, it's a small investment in my life, so I'm able to do other things outside of boxing. But, uh, that was the goal as a 15 year old accept for myself. Uh, I started with winning the year Golden Gloves. And now I just want to be able to, you know, I think I came so far, it would be hard to just hang up the gloves, not even getting a title shot where, you know, people less deserving got title shots and I didn't. So that would have been real tough. Uh, so I definitely want to give it one, one last run and, uh, you know, prove a lot of tricks wrong and uh, put a lot of smiles in a lot of people's faces. You know, I mean, the whole nation is depending on me. Family is depending on me, so I uh, definitely want to accomplish this. When you say make one last run, that, that must mean you look at this upcoming fight as a must-win. Uh, most definitely. I mean, it's do or die. So, uh, yeah, like I, said, like I said before, like I said before, uh, it's uh, my last run, and uh, it's I'm gonna keep going until I lose. I don't plan on losing, so uh, definitely it's gonna be a great fight. I'm gonna come out victorious. And I can't wait to be in the ring again. You always draw a good crowd in Brooklyn, Adam. I'll give you that, man. They they show up for your fights. Yeah, it's gonna be definitely red and white on uh, July 30th. <laughs> but then they leave sometimes. I've seen them. I've seen you as a co-main event, and then all your fans sometimes leave. Are are any of them gonna stay for Danny Garcia's fight? Uh, I mean, I hope they do, but we're gonna party after. So we're gonna meet each other at the club after. Probably. <laughs> Love it. Well, Adam, always good to talk to you, man. Glad to see you back, and good luck on July 30th. Thank you, Chris. You too. 
That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Timothy Bradley and Adam Kovnoski for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.